Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hello, everyone. I have with me today mindset coach Michelle Saunders. Michelle helps women after a career break to find their confidence, their purpose, and to discover their passion to create their next chapter. After spending 10 years in corporate training and development, facilitating employee growth, communications, and management skills, and then taking several years away from her career to spend time raising children, Michelle returned to work and pursued a career in coaching. Her practice thrives 365 helps women find their own power and self-belief and explores how mindset can help overcome obstacles. Michelle holds a master's in social work from NYU and a coaching certification from the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, or IPEC. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me. It's been, I've been excited for this. Thank you, Virginia. It's so great to talk to you today. Me too. I've been very excited. So you and I connected through... A mutual connection through LinkedIn, um, yeah. but I don't really know a whole lot about exactly how you help your clients and how you came to this role. Can you share a little bit? Absolutely. I can tell you my story. So I started my career, as you mentioned, and thank you for the, the read of my bio there. That was mm-hmm. great. I started my career in banking, but I knew that actually banking per se was not for me. I, I soon went into the human resources end of um, the bank that I was working okay. for. And I began just a wonderful career of training and development where I just loved helping internal employees with everything from customer service to sales to management development skills. It was just, it was great. I I went from working at banks to a consulting firm to a pharmaceutical firm. And I love that work and honing in on how employees who were my clients, the internal clients of the companies could really grow and develop. And I then in the middle of those years, I decided to pursue a master's in social work, thinking that I perhaps wanted to become a therapist and loved my program. It was fantastic. But I did decide at the end of the program not to pursue that route and to bring the skills and the training that I'd received in the program back into my role as a trainer. And I continued doing that work until, as you mentioned, I had my children. They were small uh, when I decided to, they were young when I decided to stop working. And that was a big decision to leave behind a career that I did love. But at that point, um, I was I was pulled more to be home with them. And I felt very grateful that I was able to do so. And I spent, as you said, I spent a number of years at home with my kids. I did dibble and dabble into some part-time opportunities along the way. But it was when my youngest was in her high school years and looking to really move on with her life and college and so forth. And I knew that we were going to soon be empty nesters that I started to explore opportunities. And I was networking and speaking to many people, both in the training and development area, as well as the social work area. And 
really stretching my mind to think what what would be something that I would love to do next in this next phase. And when I learned about coaching and found coaching, I knew that I had hit right on the button. It very much was aligned with my thinking, my philosophy, my your skills, my growth, my skills. Exactly. So what I decided to do is work with women who experienced you know, maybe not exactly, but similar to what I experienced in terms of being a professional out there, working, enjoying, taking that break. Now, for some, it's a break of choice. For others, it's a forced break. Some Mm -hmm. people have to have a break to take care of their health or loved one's health. Whatever that is, it's that pause and returning to a professional role is something that sometimes is not all that easy to do for a number of reasons. And so while I don't call myself a career coach per se, I believe that it's how we approach our thoughts, our feelings, and then our actions. It's how we approach this return to work mode that I find fascinating and love helping women with. So that's that's what I'm doing and individually as well as I just, just designed recently a group coaching program. Ooh, well, and, and I remember, and this is actually a perfect segue, when yeah. you and I first connected, I remember that we spoke about how important it is to have, to be real clear on sort of what you want your next move, your change, your pivot to be. Um, yes. And it sounds like you were very intentional about that when you were making the decisions. Um, I did go to your website and I downloaded a copy of your tips to harness your career potential. And Mm -hmm. if it's okay with you, I'd love to just sort of chat about some of the suggestions you give, because I think that would really help um, the people that listen into this podcast who I know are, you know, some of them are unpausing after break. Some of them are just looking to make a change. I think a lot of this, a lot of what you shared applies. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of, you know, information around tapping into potential and really thinking about yourself when it comes to figuring out what your next step is and what you have to offer. So yes, my tips for developing your potential are there. Uh, I, I can go through those, but I think in a nutshell, if I could almost take a step back from that and just mm-hmm. in, in a, a broad sense, talk about what goes into the potential of ourselves in terms of how we're thinking and how we're showing up in the world. So it does touch on all the components that I have on my website there. Um, you know, one of which is to truly think about your values and what are most important to you and how you are honoring them. And you know, this is some of the work that I do in my in my practice, which is to help people, you know, sometimes what we think are our values at or, or what we know to be our values at one point in our life can evolve and change with where we're at at another stage in our life in terms of our most most top 
priority values. Well, so, and so yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw that it said your thing, your uh, the downloadable said, you know, people, you need to, that we need to come up with our top three values, sort of list yes. everything we're doing now, what they want to do going forward, and and what you're doing to honor those top three three yes. choices. And can you give an example of what that might look like? Because I was having a harder a tough time visualizing that. Absolutely. So the way that, you know, we, we have all sorts of lists and Mm -hmm. assessment tools that everybody, you know, knows that there are these value assessment tools out there. And so that's fine for just looking through and saying, oh, okay, what, what actually resonates with me just by looking at a list, but I like to go deeper. And what I mean by that is I believe that first we need to explore our story and when you explore your story, and what do I mean by this? Explore your story. When you look back over the important phases of your life, mm-hmm. decisions that you've made, you know, choices that you've made, what stands out to you? What, what messages? How, how is your story informing you about your values? So, for example, for me, when I reflect on my story and the various phases in my life, I think back to various situations with my family. And uh, for instance, how I was raised, what was important in my family, what were even some of the tragedies that occurred in my personal life in terms of losses. And that informs me about my value around family and and honoring family and how important that is to me. Uh, another value that one could think about is how has personal growth, let's say, played a part or education played a part in their life? And how might that be looked at as a value? Was it important for somebody to pursue education as much as possible to learn, to be a lifelong learner, to continue to take classes, let's say, in something or pursue interests, read and so forth. And those bring out your values. So there's many ways of tying messages from your story to then be able to, to better articulate your particular philosophy of life and the values that come from so you're you know, saying you sort of need to analyze your actions or change the, the education approach. Let's say you have a master's and you're someone that's always mm-hmm. going to conferences and getting certifications. Does that sort of show that you value education and that's how you're honoring it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, either honoring it or, or you value it, but are you honoring it if you decide, oh, this is, you know, not something that I'm actually doing, but I want to do more of. So yes, absolutely. So if education then is something that's very important to you, then to tap into your potential and to really think about how you're showing up in the world in terms of either pursuing more education or delivering education in your work, whatever it is around that particular area definitely can be highlighted based on how you know yourself and how you're exemplifying those particular values. Does that that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, it does. Thank you. All right. So once you have your top three value choices, then in to the next thing you say is now it's time to identify your strengths. Um, what 
is there a best way to sort of figure out what your strengths are? And is there any value to be had in asking others to weigh in and identify any gaps? Um, sure. You know, how, how should you, who should you ask? How should you start? Yeah, I think it's actually a mixture. But I do believe yeah. that when you take the time to reflect on yourself and what you've done, the, the actions that you've had in your life, the decisions you've made, you can oftentimes with the help of somebody with you to partner and have these kinds of conversations, you can really glean what your strengths okay. are. There's all sorts of assessments as well, but, but in pausing and thinking about, okay, I was in a particular role at one point in my life. This is what I loved. This is what I did. Let's say somebody worked um, in retail, just for example, Mm -hmm. and they absolutely loved their work. And what did they love about it? What, you know, what showed them, what lit them up? What excited them? What didn't drain them? What actually fueled them to, to be in that line of work? And then you can sort of tease out the strengths from that. You know, was it the, the uh, contact with other people and customer service? Was it the fashion element? Was it whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. Um, you but know, there's that. Story, that. story then. We will be taking the time yes. to review your story. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And seeing that sometimes we have strengths that we're not even aware of. And that's where someone like myself, in terms of working with someone as a coach, will partner with them and and really highlight and illuminate for them maybe an area of a strength that they particularly didn't even see, you know, kind of a blind spot um, by talking, by teasing it out, by really listening no, that, between that the lines. Third, when you're so close to your own to your own blood right. and tears, it could be really, really hard to be right insightful. Right. And you know, it never hurts to ask people, what do you see? You know, what do you see? Where do you see me shine? What how have I showed up in the world? You know, people who are close to you, people who you've worked with. What well, would be the my next question? Do you yeah, feel like well, then you should ask friends, peers, sure. you know, colleagues? Sure, anyone? you can okay. absolutely ask, but it has to resonate within you. People can tell you things, but sometimes if it's not clicking within you, um, that the most important thing is to feel comfortable with how you are exemplifying and feeling about your strengths. Which actually brings up another area, which is sometimes people feel that someone may say something about them and highlight a strength and they actually don't think that's true. And it sort of brings in that imposter syndrome. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen me in that, but well, that, that, that's not really, you know, I didn't really do that. That was my team that helped me exemplify that strength. Or that was just the, the luck of the time of that particular project that brought out that strength, that, that type of thing. So that's another yeah. area where I would then work with someone to explore, you know, what, what are you feeling in terms of authentically you and not authentically you in terms of your strengths? Okay. All right. No, that makes sense. And that, I don't yeah. see a lot of the imposter syndrome. Um, yes. People come up and, and, and that's, I think it's very, very common amongst women in particular. Yes. Yes, it um, really is. So the next thing that you walked through was 
um, you encourage people to really think outside the box and focus on creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was curious of what you meant by sort of thinking outside the box. Do you sort of suggest that we come up with a wish list of roles that we want to include you? We'd like to hold no matter what crazy they might be. Yeah, I am a full believer in first allowing people to quiet their mind and not let all that negative chatter get in the way. And what I mean by that is oftentimes it's so hard to be creative when you're judging yourself and you're saying, oh, well, I could never do that. Or, well, that's a thought. I I guess I could try, but oh no, I'm not smart enough for that. You know, all those negative negative self-sabotage. Which is why I am not a reality blogger for the TV show Survivor, because that was always my job. (laughs) Right, right, right. So yeah, and by quieting the mind, it's incredible how much space, when we allow space to think, how much space there really is in our mind to think and be creative. Honestly, I never thought that I was a creative person. If someone were to ask me years ago, are you creative? I immediately jumped to things like crafts and all those kinds of things. That was just not, not my forte. But I've come to see how there's so much creativity that we can all offer. And, and the creativity is just being able to think and allow yourself to brainstorm, number one. Allow yourself the space and the, the mindset of opportunity and possibility and not allowing the barriers, the negative self-talk to get in the way. So yes, first, it's an absolute brain dump of ideas. Then it's exploring and kind of listening to, am I shooting that idea right down right away? Or is that something that I actually might be able to explore? And in what way? And there's all different angles. And it's almost as though I like to, to tell people, have the, the image of opening doors wide as opposed to closing doors or opening them only a crack. That vision and that image of an open, open door, just leading into, you know, unknown territory or possibility is very freeing and allows for creativity. So, and when, and with that free thinking, is that where you sort of get into granular detail in your brain about this is what my day might look like if I reimagined it. This is, yes, you know, with, okay. So this is no hold for the doors wide open, think about anything and everything. Yes. And then, you know, and then of course there's practical steps and, and project planning that could go into if you mm-hmm. were to pick a few of those ideas and really hone in. Well, what's realistic now? What could I actually do now in the next three months, in the next two weeks, whatever it might be, and go through more of a, a planning mode to, to bring tangible action to that creativity? What advice you share about for someone because I get this a lot of people yeah. that are really reversible and they could go in a number of different directions mm-hmm. where right. does that sort of maybe the creativity phase is not where you're checking that part you know well, on so when you ask that question I'm wondering are you meaning that People who are versatile could go in a number of directions and then they get overwhelmed. They're not sure yeah, where say, well, to. I don't really want to limit my, mm-hmm. 
my next opportunity. I could do sales. I could do IT. I could do marketing. I could do, you know, I could certainly do service. Yeah. I, I could really do I, all these things. Yeah, I think it really depends on the person and it depends on their timing. I think it depends on how much exploration they want to do, how many yeah. people they want to talk to. I know for myself, when I was going through that time period of, okay, you know, what will my next chapter look like? I spoke to so many people. I looked into so many different kinds of opportunities and so many, I kept stretching myself into different areas and talking and learning. And I do believe that you don't want to get overwhelmed and nobody wants to spread themselves too thin, but sometimes just allowing a little bit of that time. I believe that people ultimately will come back to what really lights them up and they'll stick with that and, and kind of run with that. I know that that's what happened with me and I can speak for myself. Yeah. And to your point that there's a lot of variables, like if you have unlimited time to figure it out versus I've got three months and then I've got, you know, there's, and, and and that goes back to what your values are and all of that. There's a lot of variables in terms of saying, I need to rule out some things right away or I have time right. to explore. Right, right, exactly. And that's where just being authentically you and really knowing what your situation is, what are your, what are your objectives? What are things that are getting in your way? How is your mindset really playing a part in all of this? Is so mm-hmm. important. There's so many variables. And having the courage of your convictions. I mean, I do believe that we become more confident with whatever we want to do in life when we take those courageous steps and we just try on new things. I know there's been a lot of discussion, you know, on LinkedIn about bridge jobs, for instance, mm-hmm. and you know, different kinds of opportunities. I sometimes people don't know exactly, or it's just not the exact right timing for them. You had mentioned it's when in terms of exploring your options, that having the courage of your convictions was so important. And you said that we become more confident when we try out next steps. Um, And and then we sort of discussed, we were discussing bridge jobs because that has been something that has been a hot topic on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear, what are your thoughts on bridge jobs? Yeah, I, my, thoughts around bridge jobs are that depending on the situation, I think, I think they're great. Depending on someone's circumstance, there's, there's so many variables. Yeah. Someone's circumstance, depending on their timing, uh, financial issues, whatever it might be. I just believe bottom line that when people are open, when people try on new things, when people allow themselves to take some risk and actually prove to themselves that they have different skills than they even thought they may have had or use their skills in a different way than maybe they thought that they ever could. It just builds that courage muscle. It builds the confidence and it allows you to see yourself and your abilities in a broader view. So I, yeah, I, I believe it just, it depends on the situation, but there's so many great opportunities out there that someone could, could take on and then have that build. And as it's called a bridge job, bridge to something that maybe they learn, uh, they prefer, or they, they ultimately find. 
after that. Yeah, I agree. And I also feel like volunteering Mm -hmm. is a great, 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 risk-free way to explore. Yes. Yes. Did you add any skills? You have nothing to do your time with those. You have nothing to lose. I, I just believe bottom line that when someone is proactive and and being proactive in whatever way they choose, it shows a lack of stagnation. It shows that they want to learn and grow and move forward. And that's really my philosophy in life with my work very definitely is how can people move forward, develop their potential to the best of their ability. And just not, yeah. And just not feel as though it's either too late or they need to uh, stop and wait until that absolute perfect opportunity comes along. There may be lots of great building blocks along the way. I agree. You know, and I just commented on one of the posts when, you know, talking about, is there such a thing as a perfect job? And I just felt like, no, there's not. There's perfect elements to perfect to jobs, but there's right. no perfect jobs. So if you hold off, right. wait for it, it might be a very long wait. Right. You know, it's interesting. When I think back to the years um, when I was raising my kids and I did have uh, a few different jobs, let's say along the way for short stints, I learned so much in each opportunity. I learned about myself, my skills. I learned about and what I enjoy in work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a way, it's a way to learn and grow. And I never, I always say nothing is for naught. I, I just believe we learn from everything and we can build from uh, where we've come from. I agree. I agree. You're right. It's just one more little building block. Um, yeah. No, 100%. Um, so the next things I wanted to ask you about, you referenced the need, the, um, the once you're sort of clear, more clear on your values and your strengths and you've gone through that creativity, the exploration phase, then it's time to verbalize. And you suggest yes. that, um, you know, the next step is to verbalize your written ideas. Can you yeah. to the power of putting your thoughts out verbally into the universe? Um, can you, what? You give me this, some examples. Yeah, of how you, I absolutely. For myself, and I thought this is where we were. I'm not doing it, but I did it. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> did you? You spoke out loud. You said something out loud. I did. I did. I've done it a couple times now. I've always been very. What I like about verbalizing, and then and then I'd love to hear what your thoughts is that. I try to wait until I really become really clear and specific. Versus, so I this was way back when I I didn't just say. I need a job. It was, I need a job where I can write, where I can um, work it around my children's schedule so I don't have to pay childcare. And I literally remember spouting that whole sentence out. Yes. But so I kept narrowing it down so it was very specific. And then I put it out there and literally the next day, the idea of doing what I do today came to my brain. It was crazy. That's amazing. That's fantastic. I have noticed with myself also when I walk, I love to walk and I'd love uh-huh. to, I love to walk outside and take long walks. And if you know, there's nobody around and I'll just say things out loud, let's say that I have a thought about, or I hear myself speak, there's something very intentional about being able to articulate what it is that is in your brain, because we have so many thoughts, right? That are swirling often. But when you put it into a sentence and just speak out loud, first of all, you hear yourself in a different way. There's an intention about 
and per, you know, purpose to what you are saying and striving for. And I really think it saves a lot of time when you verbalize versus just thinking about different thoughts. Yeah. It is similar to writing down. A lot of people suggest just writing and writing and we get our thoughts down on paper as opposed to just thinking. There is that added step that when you verbalize and you speak it to the universe, you hear it, it's bold, it's a declaration. And I do believe it brings, it brings uh, the, it, it's almost like a magnet. It magnetizes what you want more powerfully to yourself. And well, just like and what, what you just gave in that example. There, and it, like you said, you've, it's bold and you've declared it, it's no longer living that free in your brain. Yeah. Then there's some ownership for it to me. Definitely. That it becomes more like, I'm going to go get groceries. I'm going to go figure out this job. It's one of the things that yes. like, on my to-do list. But yes. I used to call it the blackboard gods. I had a little chalkboard. <laughs> I would write yes. it on the chalkboard. <laughs> so that's the chalkboard gods. That's funny. Yes. No, that's so true. That's, have, that's exactly it what it is. Of, of how that's, well, that's worked mm-hmm. and transpired. Do, I'm sorry, what did you ask? Do you have some examples of how that's worked and transformed, like that, how that's come to fruition? In terms of saying things out loud? Well, yeah. when I hear, well, first of all, for myself, for sure. Uh, when I, I was even trying to name my business, for example, and I recall definitely saying a lot of things out loud and hearing it was just really powerful. When I said thrive, that word thrive out loud, that hit me. And that was very, it was, I very much owned what I said when I said Mm -hmm. the word thrive. That's just a a small example there. But I have, when when I speak with clients and I hear them be able to own what they're thinking and say out loud, through my questions and have them hear themselves speak out loud what it is that they are trying to verbalize. There's a lot of power. There's so much confidence that is gained with that. So yeah, I mean, just in general, in terms of client wants, in terms of even fears, whatever it is, when you are verbalizing something, you're putting it out there. And especially when someone's listening to you, it's, yeah, that's even not more stressed. Yeah. Right. It's just not <laughs> forgotten. It's it's something out there that then can be addressed, worked with, mm-hmm. listened to, heard, yeah, uh, proactively. There's, 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 uh, there's actions that yes. then make sense to get yes. taken. Yes. Um, it's a confidence. So, it's an ownership. Exactly. Where, so where do deal breakers come into play with this? Um, you know, every, everyone has deal breakers and they can vary in your life based on what's going on from salary ranges to, you know, before COVID commute times. Um, how, where do those fall into this planning process or this thought process? Deal breakers in terms of somebody wanting well, so, to get back to work yeah, and not yeah, being able to. I'm pausing where they say, I cannot work. Um, it has to be remote or I have to make X amount of money to feed my family. Or, you know, I can't work with a company that doesn't believe this. Like there's lots of different. Yeah. Well, I think you have different deal breakers. Sure. Oh, I think there are many deal breakers for people. I mean, I, my work is more around knowing what those deal breakers are mm-hmm. and then feeling okay and feeling 
confident that those are the deal breakers that they are going to abide by and allow them to follow their path. So my work is more around owning those deal breakers, whether they be, I must work at home, I must have a part-time position, mm-hmm. I, I want a particular community where I feel this type of culture. But I'm, I'm more working with women around, okay, what are the boundaries, the new That's boundaries right, yeah. that you want to set up? What are the values that you absolutely must adhere to to, to feel happy? What, you know, what's important to you? What blocks do you need to be able to get through in order to, to know and, and have the courage of your convictions to follow whatever those deal breakers are? Okay. And, and, you know, yeah. So, yeah. I've been happy that you work with people to help them figure out what those are. Yes. And figure okay. out what they own, what their mindset is, what's getting in their way. What's their intuition telling them? I really believe in intuition and being able to tap into your intuition and have that voice be way louder. Your voice of intuition, I always say, is your ally. It's your friend. Have that voice be the louder voice than the voice of fear. Fear is informing. Fear is definitely important because it does inform us and protect us. But when we can understand what our fear is all about. And then we allow our intuition. And again, I go back to, we need that space. We need the the breath and the ability to be creative and hear our intuitive voice uh, even louder. As if we have two voices, one on each shoulder. The intuitive voice and that fear saying, no, 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 don't do that. That kind of thing. So I help. That's where I step in. Okay. No, I think that's so important because I, I do know, uh, just personally, I know lots of lots of women when they're getting back, ready to go back to work, and I say, "Well, what what are you interested in?" And they're like, "Well, I'm, really, I'm open for anything." Mm-hmm. But you know, but then when you dive deeper, you recognize that no, there's there's deal breakers, there's values, there's strengths, yes. there's there's so much more to it. There's so much more to it, and it does take a little bit of time and. I can see when I'm speaking with women, when they light up, I can see it in their eyes. If I'm over a Zoom call, I hear it in their voice. You can feel the energy. There's a whole lot that happens when things start clicking. And then they can do the work of getting out there and then working with someone like you with resume and um, the, the, the real job hunting process. So my work is preparing them to to really know what they want and to feel confident and ready. And do you? you know, I I don't remember where I read this, but it talked about mm-hmm. the importance of when you're when you are looking to unpause or make a pivot. Yeah, you need to find something that sort of is at the intersection of you know what you're good at, what what is value, you know what your values are, and then there's the third component, which is. Will the market bear it? What is the jobs out there for this kind of a role? Mm. Is this a piece where you support people? Do you support them to figure that out? Or how do you recommend someone sort of figure out that last piece? Because if there's what you want to do doesn't, I don't know, exist where you are for whatever reason, or it works with your deal breakers. Let's say you want, you want to do the next job and you need to make the amount of money and there's a huge disconnect between what the market will mm-hmm. support. Um, what are your thoughts on that topic? And I can get a little tricky. Yeah, I actually am not going into the job 
search with mm-hmm. somebody and discussing different company companies and looking at lists. And that's, that would be more of a career coach yeah. to, to work with them in that way. However, I would definitely be helping them brainstorm, hear what they're thinking, listen to the objections, flush those out, and just really help them be clearer to go back to their intuitive voice and know exactly what is lighting them up and what isn't. So there's eliminates that confusion. So if there's a particular job, let's say that they're talking about, or they're even interested in not working for a company, but starting their own work, their own business, mm-hmm. uh, that I would, you know, help them through all those thoughts but I'm more about the mindset around Got that it. than actually the job that's out there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I would imagine yeah. during the, you know, because you've, you've said based on how much time you have, that's where the exploration phase goes and you start talking to people. Yes. That's maybe where that component gets more, where you get more clarity around that component. Yeah, definitely. About and, having those, those explorative conversations. Yes. And if they are... If they have a, a list of all their wants, all of their goals, what would be their what would what would it be for them? How could they envision if they were to wake up and suddenly they were handed the next chapter all tied up in a bow as a present? What would that look like? And then when they're clear on that, because what happens is people aren't clear sometimes, and then they can get in that spinning, uh, going in so many directions where you don't feel like you're actually moving forward. Right. That's right. Right. It it becomes circular. So that exactly is what happens. We brainstorm, work on those areas, flush those out, talk about intuition, potential thoughts, feelings, actions. I do, I am trained through the Institute for Professional Excellence and Coaching Mm -hmm. to uh, administer an assessment And this is called the Energy Leadership Index Assessment. And this helps people, it gives a snapshot of how somebody is showing up in terms of their attitude, their perception, how they're viewing the world and how they're showing up with various levels of energy. And I take them, so so it's not energy meaning stamina or uh, tiredness and so forth. It's more their approach. It's more their view, their attitude, their perception. So this is something that I'm trained to do and to administer through IPEC. And it's a wonderful way of helping people understand how they are leading themselves in life, not just others. So that's a place where I really enjoy starting with clients so that they also get even more insight to themselves in terms of how they're showing up in the world and leading themselves. That's fascinating. Um, Well, Michelle, thank you. You've answered so many of my questions. I'd love to just close out by asking, what is next for you? I'd love to hear, you mentioned earlier that you have started a group program. Um, Yes. Tell tell us what's in the pipeline for 2021. Um, Yes. How can people connect with you? Absolutely. I'm super excited about 2021. I have a group program that I'm just launching now. And I'm also, though, considering offering my group program, which is 
encompasses various modules. It's an mm-hmm. online program where I also meet live with the um, participants of the group. So they do their work and we also meet as a group. But I'm considering offering different ways of working in that group program, maybe bite-sized modules. So stay tuned and look for those. I have some different offerings coming out. I love doing webinars and I love collaborating even with other career coaches. I've just been working with another career coach and offered, we have our third part this week, um, doing a, a webinar on all of this type of work, this mindset mm-hmm. work and how it connects to the tangible steps in that career search process. So love doing that. I'm going to be running more rooms in Clubhouse around uh, just the second chapter, third chapter, mindset, Courage, confidence. So a lot. Looking really forward to this year and doing a lot of different creative things. And of course, working with individuals. Yeah. And so I have listed on your bio your email. Yes. um, Your Thrive 365 Coach website and your LinkedIn. But I don't have... What's your clubhouse handle? It's just at Michelle Saunders. M-I-C-H-E-L-E Saunders. Are you doing a... um, Do you have a room that you're hosting on a regular basis or... Just actually, I am in a a networking uh, every Tuesday room called Coaches Connect, and that's for coaches. And then each Wednesday, I am now involved in a group of other uh, women. We are talking about midlife and improving mindset in midlife covering areas around finance, work, and life in general. And that we are offering Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so if they follow you, that should show up. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Speak soon. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online CM hiring and decision makers, please visit www.com. VirginiaFrancoResumes.com.